Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the City of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today is April 22nd, 2019, and my co-host is Jasmine Siebert, Video Specialist for the City of Stillwater. How are you doing today, Jasmine? Unfortunately, I'm not doing very well. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was going to say, you got a big <laughs> smile on your face. <laughs> because I was thinking about this before you came in the office. I was like, you know what? When you ask people that question in the hallway, you always say, oh, I'm good. Or you pass by someone in the grocery store. Yeah, because I really don't want to know. Exactly. And so I was like, you know, if, has anybody ever just say, no, I'm actually not doing good. Do you want to hear my problems? So uh, that was. Tell <laughs> me everything. I'll, I'll make it better. Yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder how she'll react to this. So you yeah. reacted the, the way I expected. Yeah. What's wrong? Aww, okay. Poor so Jasmine. Anyway, but I really am. No, but good. she's got a big smile on her face. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a joy to be around. I'm good and I'm I'm excited about our guest today. Who so. is our guest? It is Jim Scott and he is the city's project manager. So welcome to FYI, Jim. Thank you for attending. Yeah. Thanks so. for having me. All right. Well let's we're, before we get started, we'd like to loosen up with a lightning round and we're gonna ask you some random but revealing questions. Are you ready, Jim? Sure. All right. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm excited to hear what your answer is. Hopefully it's the correct one. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to go with. Yeah. Why coffee? Have you uh, did, I, I mean, I like tea coffee? too, but um, coffee is, I mean, I get up in the mornings and coffee is <laughs> the first thing that happens. So. <laughs> okay. Yes. How long have you drank? Did you drink coffee? Did you start like in high school or you started? To, no, you it was older probably older. Okay. Yeah. And now it's just like your lifeblood. Yes, lifeline. it happens all the time. So my husband didn't start drinking coffee until he was about 50. Oh, wow. And then he never drank it, never <laughs> wanted it. No, no, no. And then one day he had it. Now he can't live without it. So, so I guess it was like one question, one, one drink, and it was like, where have you been all my life? Oh, yeah. yeah. So your husband and Jim, do you guys put anything in your coffee? Or does he? Terry does not. He's a black. black. Okay. Sometimes, but not very often. Just I, black also? Yes. I tend to put cream when I'm here uh-huh. because it's really weak coffee. Yeah. And so, but when I drink it at home, it's very strong. Oh, so okay. I just tend to drink it black when I'm at home. But when I'm here, it's like, oh, it's so delicate. I can add a little. I would think, let's try, see, I'm a new, when I started this job, that's when I first started drinking coffee because uh, the other co-host who comes on the show, Megan, she is a coffee fanatic. And so I was like, she loves this thing. Let me try this. So I started and I feel like the stronger your coffee, the more you need cream in it. Uh, but See, I, I like the I like not. the I real coffee real person. flavor okay. of like of like a really dark roast. I really like that, that I like flavor. To, if I do add, I usually add something chocolate. Okay. Oh yeah, because mm, that, that enhan- mm-hmm. enhances that robust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get more. That's caffeine the key word. Too, yeah. So yeah, you could take hot chocolate mix and add to your cup of coffee. That, that sounds good. It's fifty fifty. They serve that at like yeah. the ballparks or something. They do. Yes. Oh, so so See, if you work concessions, if you work concessions in football, soccer season, when uh-huh. it gets really cold, and you have the people come up to the stand, they'll want half coffee, half cocoa, because they know. And then I'm right behind them. Can I just get the hot cocoa? And they, I don't know what I'm missing out on. Yeah, <laughs> but the hot the 
the coffee, putting the cocoa in the coffee dissolves it better. Okay. So it's actually a better drink mm, than just, just the water. Just experience here. Okay. Just Sorry, experience. rabbit hole. My <laughs> other question, are you a cat person or a dog person? Dog. Okay, you answer that quickly. Why dog? Do you have a dog? I do have a dog. What's his name? His Her name, name is Pete. All right. Is that after Pistol Pete? No, or just... I don't know why I named him Pete. So you live in Stillwater. We don't know why you named him Pete. But it fits kind of into OSU. Yeah. No, he's he's a pretty good roommate. What kind of dog is he? He's a miniature Australian Shepherd. Ooh, that's pretty. So he's pretty spoiled. I like cats. I just can't be around them. I'm allergic to them. So that's why my fast answer of dog. Okay, I got you. Don't want to be sneezing. So the last question, what does your favorite shirt look like? (laughs) I like bright. Um... Uh, my children actually go shopping with me because they're okay. they have fears of what I will. What you'll bring home? <laughs> yes. So, do you have any neon shirts? I do. Okay. I do. I'll wear them. I'll wear them at the, during the summer at the lake or something okay. like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. The lake's a good place for I that. I bought a. Um, I call it a Charlie Harper shirt. You know, from Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And it's a bowling shirt. <laughs> uh huh. I bought one of those one time. I brought it home and I put it on to wear it out. And both of my children made me. Change rapidly. <laughs> We've got some bright it. color on right now. I, know, I do like it's, this it's, plaid. It's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. It's a bright plaid. But I hadn't even seen those colors mixed together. But they look. It's it's really nice. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, thank you. You did yeah. great for our lightning round. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and jump into the interview and let's start out. You have been. You're like a diehard Stillwater person. You've like been here forever and ever. You know everybody, every street, every project, everything. So whenever I say that, it means that you know everything that's happened at the city <laughs> for for a long time. How did you uh, have this long career in Stillwater? And I guess your family's just been here forever, too, right? Family's been here forever. Um, I left for a year and came back and realized Stillwater was a great place to be. And it's a great place to raise your kids. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I started with Parks and Recreation 35 years ago umpiring. Right. That's how I the, got started. The, as, a, as an umpire. Uh-huh. I got kicked out of a game as a coach. <laughs> awesome. And um, Danny Gacious. Temper? Oh, a little, maybe. <laughs> uh, but that umpire was pretty bad. Um, well, that's always a justice. But he still all. remembers 30 years later. <laughs> yes. That umpire was bad. That umpire. He was, he was a warm body. Um, <laughs> okay. But, um, you know, I told Danny that anybody could do better than that official and Danny said we'll sign up and we'll see how good <laughs> well, there you are you go. and so I did and the first game I worked Danny assigned me with the official that ejected me uh-huh. and awesome. so I stayed with that and yeah and uh, then started with part-time work with the parks and mm-hmm. and have kind of just worked my way through the because you tend to feel whatever need the city has at the time so you've had some uh, variation, I guess. So mm-hmm. right now you're serving as the project manager. Right. So what does that mean? Um, dealing with different projects around the city. So mm-hmm. some of that is park projects. Uh-huh. Um, some of that I am learning is going to be additional projects. So um, currently I'm kind of helping out with getting some uh, quotes and getting some architectural work started on replacement of the roof at the airport. Yeah, um, and and just looking at different projects like that, that um, <coughs> learning a lot, doing the um, um, 
citizens assistance I'm, I'm not for sure what it's oh, called the report now and track. yes a report yeah. and track and learning a lot through that because mm-hmm. there's so many different things that come in and right and sometimes you have to print it off and go ask somebody because you don't know who to assign that to but <coughs> it's interesting learning learning some of those so you so you do like construction like playgrounds mm-hmm. uh you said roofs so you kind of take care work something with like all of the city buildings uh it could i suppose even be like uh the shelters mm-hmm. in part. I mean, it was just a helping out the electric department with uh, possibly doing some fence mm-hmm. replacement and some some um, beautification around their area. Right. Um, so it just so, kind of so depends you do on what comes up. Landscaping as yes. well as construction. Right. Just what? So when it says uh, project manager, you're just managing a lot of different things that just need to be taken care yes. of. Yes, and then doing bids and doing mm-hmm. uh, agreements and and. So there's there's lots of different steps mm-hmm. that. So, go ahead. Well, I was wondering. So, like she said, you have a lot of different projects to handle, from electric to airport. Is there a way that you best manage all of those, or is your desk just super chaotic, or do you have like a calendar? How do you keep that? No, my desk is pretty messy and okay. pretty chaotic, but I can find things. So if okay. I, it's if I file it, I'm in trouble. Um, you know, you I just I, leave it on top. I of just the desk. do. I yeah. just no reason to put it up. Uh, until that project's over but I've pulled out the skate park file about four times since we've mm-hmm. opened it so y- you know I it most of it's on timelines okay you know so whatever's the most pressing is mm-hmm. what we are working on now uh, currently we have a bid out for a playground at Strickland Park and I'm having to do some addendums to the bid because of some changes that we've made since we've let the bid so um, you just you work on what's the most important right then well let's uh, talk about playgrounds in general so you've had a hand in probably every playground that's here in the city yes ma'am in in city limits what i i I love playgrounds when my children were little i visited every single one of them i knew every swing every (laughs) bump on the sidewalk i mean i knew everything about the playgrounds so when you're developing a playground what thought process goes in that good question you know you kind of look at, at trends and what uh-huh. what um, kids are playing with. Go to conferences. You talk to the playground folks. You talk to other cities. What's what's the popular item? Uh-huh. Um, but just just playing play sometimes is better than mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes you can get like now they they have electronic stuff to go into playgrounds. Right. To me, I I think that's way too much. I think mm-hmm. kids need to get away from electronics mm-hmm. and get out and just play. Yeah. And so I'm looking for more exercise and get off the couch, get away from TV stuff when I'm trying to do things. The playground we're currently doing is going to be very inclusive and ADA accessible. Mm. It's kind of a different, a different direction than what we've done with some of our others. Um, I look for the, I just look for the cool looking elements, you know, and bright colors. And my child, uh, I think it was over in Ingham. (laughs) <laughs> under the sidewalk were some uh, uh, some textures, and I think they were worms or bugs that were uh, molded into the bottom of the of the slide mm-hmm. on purpose. On purpose, <laughs> and so you know he's laying under the slide, <laughs> and it was like I'm the first person to see this, wow. and so it was a discovery that you know. So you're right; it's those little touches that. Mm-hmm. So he did think he was the only person 
that knew those were under there. So yeah, so <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, like I said, I I love playgrounds. Yeah, that's neat. They have so many options. You know, you can you can spend hours online or or in catalogs. Yeah. Looking at at different pieces of equipment or elements that are available. Of course, a lot of it depends on your site, how big your site is, mm-hmm. because you have to design it according to the fall zones that are required. Right. Um, we, the city used to design all of our own playgrounds when, when we had a landscape architect on uh-huh. staff. And now we basically put the bid out that says, here's how much money we have, here's uh-huh. the space we have, here's the elements that we like. Yeah. Design yeah. it and send it to us. And the playground companies, with the bid we currently have out, you know, I can see... 10 to 12 different companies bidding on this and each one of them will submit two to three mm-hmm. three ring binders of mm-hmm. plans for each so we're talking about group. strickland park right yes. now because that's uh, that's over at uh hall of fame in maine right and <coughs> so what are we looking to do at that playground that's one of our older playgrounds mm-hmm. uh it was that's probably our busiest park we have yeah. um especially with the addition of our skate park and all that um, which is open now it is open now Yay. thank goodness that was that was quite uh, that was quite the project you so, can't do a project in the rain no no yeah. concrete and mud and it just doesn't work well but the playground it will pull out that was our original uh, handicap accessible mm-hmm. ada compliant play area it's been in the ground almost 15 years, so many things have changed in uh-huh. 15 years. Um, so I'm really excited about seeing what designs the companies are going to mm-hmm. come up with. I've attended a couple of conferences and have seen some of the new equipment that is for um, the inclusive playground. So it's going to be, I hope, really cool when we get mm-hmm. done. But we're just we're not changing the outline of the play area in this mm-hmm. phase. We're just replacing the play equipment. So phase two is the inclusive part of it, but phase one is just new equipment. Phase or one, we'll talk about the we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can do in the design to have it inclusive and ADA okay. accessible too, with the play ground in phase one. Phase two will be a play area that surrounds the existing play space. Okay. It will add some turf. It'll add uh, elements. It'll add mm-hmm. shade structure. Um, it'll add um, um, a swing set area or a swing area mm-hmm. um, and just just area just to sit on the turf and do whatever you want to do. You know, if you want to lay back and, and look at the clouds, you can lay on the turf mm-hmm. and just stare at the clouds. So it's, awesome. it's going to be a cool area. And for kids like me or, or when I was a kid, but for people like me now who are allergic to grass, having that turf I think mm-hmm. is – even I think inclusive of people who have allergies. That's you know, right. I never got to lay around in the grass, and so that's kind of exciting to hear that. And turf is so much uh, more accessible than the wood chips that we've been using. Mm-hmm. Even though the wood chips meet the ADA requirements, mm-hmm. um, the the turf and it's very spongy. So mm-hmm. if you walk on the turf, um, it's really pretty cool how spongy it is. Um, and and we'll have that out with the elements installed in that. There'll be some crawl through logs. There'll be mm-hmm. climbing walls. There'll be merry-go-rounds. So it's it's really gonna That's be gonna be fun. It's gonna be neat. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You think you can get your fourteen-year-old to go out there? You bet. <laughs> You're never too old for a playground. Yeah. Just give me a swing, and I'm pretty much set <laughs> for a while. Um. So, 
So you also take care of or you're involved with mowing the city uh, property. And, you know, a lot of people have opinions mm -hmm. on how high the grass should be allowed. So you are intimately aware of a lot of this. So what are your thoughts on mowing and what, what all goes into uh, maintaining a park, grasslands, open areas? Mowing's probably one of the toughest things that um, between public works and our, our um, contract, it's probably one of the toughest things we handle because mm -hmm. there's so many things involved with getting grass mowed. Um, what I'm in charge of is the city facilities. There's 21 sites that are on the bid that I, mm -hmm. that I do. So it's city facilities, uh, parking lots, uh -huh. traffic islands, uh, the little grass areas that are in the college garden right. area, the fire stations, um, substations. All There's the things you don't few. think of that actually have grass that has to Right. Burn. And so if I do this contract and have the, the contractor take care of that, that gives us more time in the parks to go mm -hmm. out and mow the big areas. Right. Um, it takes... Well, the bid that I'm in charge of, we require them to mow every site once within seven days, mm -hmm. or once every seven days. That will depend upon weather. Right. Um, rain throws a big wrench in mm -hmm. everything. You don't want ruts left because of the riding mowers driving through the grass and causing damage that you have to go back and fix later. That's one of the big problems we have with mowing the parks mm -hmm. is our equipment is so big that it's hard to get that equipment out in the parks and not cause damage if the ground mm -hmm. is wet. So they're on a once every seven day rotation also. A lot more difficult for mm -hmm. them to meet that because of breakdowns. Our equipment's old yeah. um, and we do have quite a few breakdowns. I think we got to purchase one piece of new equipment last year. Um, you have staffing issues mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it's uh, you have a you have a big water break or you have a big issue over here and you have to pull staff to go take care of that you might not have anybody left to yeah. operate that piece of equipment so and, that throws some kinks into it every last summer it rained so much and so the grass started getting really high and everybody's like don't you even notice it mm -hmm. but no that's and it bothers us all i mean yeah. we don't like the way it looks either um but it is prioritizing it your is prioritize your resources and again you can't cause damage to your to your park or your mm -hmm. turf and or your equipment just yeah. trying to mow so there's some there's some things in there but we do adjust schedules uh -huh. to be able to try to mow um well it gets so hot sometimes that equipment won't run too because oh, if it temperatures yeah. get hot your equipment will overheat and so yeah. we'll change our schedules to where guys will come in um six o'clock say in the yeah. morning uh, which is a lot earlier than what the other crews will come in but they can get on the mowers and get out and get a couple of hours worth of cutting in before it gets mm -hmm. too hot so there's a lot of things we can do it's just mother nature plays a lot right. of it a lot of problems with us so another area that you're involved in <coughs> quite a bit is this, is public private partnerships and kind of how we interact with um those those organizations can you explain what a public-private partnership is and uh, kind of your role in facilitating I guess their missions one good example I can give is um, 
the Stillwater Area Sports Association. Uh-huh. And uh, the city worked with them to take over operations of our recreation programs. Um, so the city worked with them, came up with, here's what we would like for you to do. Here are the parameters of doing that. We put some requirements in there with um, everybody has to be able to allow to be played. Everybody has to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't just take register a child and that child sits on the bench all season. They have to play a certain amount of time. Um, it, our agreements is different. They're all different depending upon who you're dealing with. Uh-huh. You know, we have, I brought a page of them here. We have so many agreements it's hard to keep up with, but most of them are sports related. Uh-huh. And then we have rentals because oh. we, we rent sites to people too. So like our daily bread, mm-hmm. um, they're Over in a city facility on 12th street. They're in a city facility and we have, it's a lease more than it is an agreement. Mm-hmm. We, we don't really tell them how to operate their facility mm-hmm. or operate their business. We just, here's the facility and here's your lease. Um, the department of public safety is in the same facility. Mm-hmm. So we have the leases, we have the agreements, um, Lake McMurtry's one. Because we rent lease the entire park, I guess, is yes, how you can look the, at that. The Lake McMurtry, Friends of Lake McMurtry, I hope that's correct, I think it is, um, they handle all the operation of the lake. Mm-hmm. And so while we have that agreement there, it's still kind of like a, um, a leasee landlord operation because we're still responsible for major breaks. Because mm-hmm. um, we, we own the land. Because mm-hmm. we own the yeah. lake. And so... We wouldn't require them to replace um, the septic tank if it went out because it's a big, mm-hmm. you know, that's a big responsibility that's versus right. We have a great relationship with those two groups and also Prairie's uh, Prairie Art Center. Art Center. They you know, they do. They change. I'll never quit calling it multi arts. Yeah, I mean, that that's is difficult. It's, and so um, that's worked out very well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, um, some of these, some of these partnerships actually save the city money because they can operate and do things much cheaper than we can Um, and so that's staffing that's a lot of equipment and stuff that that we don't have to do they're doing it Um, we have the agreement with them and and it's really working out well (coughs) one of the most important factors of it is the reason why these are in place is because uh, most of the time it's more efficient for mm-hmm. an outside group to do these or to handle it and yes. then for us to kind of oversee some of that. Is there and any other reasons why you think it's We've important? had, uh, you know, we've had some growing pains mm-hmm. with, with some of the associations and, and right now it's it's working out very well. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've been doing it long enough. Um, for instance, Lakeside Golf Course is a fairly new uh, partnership that we have with Henderson Golf Management and because used to the city staff actually ran the yes. city-owned uh, golf course, and it was very difficult to even break even mm-hmm. at the golf course because of of some things that the city has to do, pay rates that we have to do overtime, and you know just different things in there mm-hmm. that as a municipality we have to do. But a private business doesn't have to follow some of the same regulations and requirements that the city does. So that's how you can come into a partnership like that and actually save the city money. And because otherwise, if we didn't enter the partnerships, we may have to close that facility down. Mm -hmm. So instead, Mm -hmm. we're leasing them out. The buildings are being used. The services are being offered. uh, And the city 
has less of a burden, right. <coughs> burden on its budget. You know, we, we just finished an agreement with the Stowater 500 and the Trail Riders group. Okay. Um, we're still involved in that because of our lease with OSU for the land, but then we have an agreement with the Trail Riders group that they do all the operations of, uh-huh. the, of the park. And so that takes out our staff having to maintain it, having to sell the permits, having to promote it, and do all that when the association can do it and they they're doing a great job with it and they're the specialist on that mm-hmm. particular topic so those are the kind of the ones um another one that's kind of neat is our white rock white rock paddle company say yes. that say that fast three <laughs> times um you know they're a group that's out of boomer lake we have a building out there for them and some power and and they rent um paddle boats and and you other see them all summer. Other mm-hmm. things that are out there, it looks to be pretty popular. They keep coming back wanting to do it. So, mm-hmm. And it's something that we looked into doing, uh-huh. um, but it was pretty expensive to get started. You know, that, yeah, because you had that, that overhead. Cost, yeah. right. And so this group, uh, we put it out to uh, – actually, they approached us. We had to put it out for requests for proposals, and I think this will be their third. Yeah, they've been out for several Third years. year maybe, third or fourth year that they'll be doing mm-hmm. it. It just adds a really nice level of festivity, mm-hmm. I guess, out at the lake. It's and it's it's something mm-hmm. we couldn't have yeah we couldn't have made it worthwhile not right. not having to pay the salaries we pay and do the things we do to where these mm-hmm. guys can can make it happen. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that uh, you're involved in that I haven't asked you that you'd like to explain what goes on? Um, I mean, you do take care. of <coughs> that report and track. Well, yes, you're, you're I do the, that. I'm you're learning. the person kind of following up on if someone says there's a pothole mm-hmm. or uh, a, a, a street sign is down. So they report it on the website, org, and it eventually lands on your desk. Yes. And it, you know, it, it's, um, we have a great staff because that gets sent out and, and the folks that those go to are doing a great job in responding, getting information out there. Um, getting the pro- getting whatever the request is mm-hmm. um, taken care of. You know, there's sometimes we get some stuff that um, maybe can't be taken care of, but then we try to make contact with the citizen and make sure that they understand. Because we follow through with everything. Yes. Yeah. And you also can go on there and see where it is in the process. Right. So and once and I you can see the notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we're working on the notes. Uh-huh. You know, we, we, need to, we need to do a better job yeah. of putting more notes in there, myself included, because I get busy and don't mm-hmm. think of it. Because you're taking care of the situation. But uh, it is a, it, it's a neat – I have a lot of people that will ask, hey, who do I contact? Just go to the website, type mm-hmm. it in. It's, it's yeah. pretty simple. Well, I'm glad that you said that because we did – when we restructured mm-hmm. our website, and we used to have, like you started, the Stillwater Needs Assistance Program. Mm-hmm. So to find it on the website, everybody who's listening, you're going to go to the website, and it's under who to contact. And what we did, the way that's structured is some of those questions that you have or some of those problems or issues areas – are already addressed under the who to contact so you may not get the option to click the report and track but if you click on a drop down that your problem can be solved and needs to be reported via report and track you'll have that option under that um that drop down heading and then you'll be into the report and track that we were referring to that jim's people will then begin to take care of so if you're looking go under who to contact <coughs> on the website and yeah. the top um main menu 
Absolutely. Yes. You can find everything at stillwater.org. <laughs> or just use our big, huge search bar. We do have a big search bar. Yeah. That is true. Well, Jim, thank you so much for being our guest. Yeah, thank and you. I'm Thanks pretty sure me. we're going to be bringing you back since you're involved in like so just many so many projects yeah. as the project manager. Okay. Uh, hey, Jasmine, let's go ahead and move on to the mailbox. So uh, the city receives lots of questions uh, by email, social media, even phone calls. So we received this one on Facebook. Angel asks, has anyone else noticed the city water has a funky smell again? I think I do. <laughs> so I like the personality of that one. Yeah. And we want to thank you, Angel, for your question. Uh, and we actually did respond to her on social media, but we thought this would be a good question um, to address for our audience here on FYI Stillwater. Mm. But um, we like everyone in the community to know that the city of Stillwater does strive to provide the highest water quality for our residents. And if you have um, an issue, all residents are welcome to call the Water Utilities Department. And that number is 405 533 8452 and our team would be happy to speak with you <coughs> i know in some cases they even go out they'll go out to, and test yeah, the water test the for water. you so we really do care and we don't want you to have any funky smelling water absolutely um, but sometimes it does have to be on a you know case-by-case -case basis like if angel was having a specific problem i'm not sure but someone may go out to her house and see if that yeah um, can be addressed because they can flush the the water pipes and there's mm -hmm. there's things that they can do if you're having an issue Correct. so if you just ask uh, they may have a solution for you. So for the second question, this one's also from Facebook, uh, but it was in a response to an article we posted on FYI Stillwater Podcast Episode 6, which was about uh, trash and recycling. Lily wrote, When I inquired several years ago, I was told that much of our recycling went to the landfill due to contamination, largely residents bagging things. Has that improved? Thanks, Lily. What'd you find out, question? Jasmine? Well, we reached out to our um, waste management people, and they gave us some more numbers on that contamination. And uh, what we responded to Lily was telling her that none of the recyclables collected in our program have been sent to the landfill. The items that go to the landfill are items that are not accepted in the recycling program. So if you do put something in there that's that's not accepted in our program that's what gets sent to, to the landfill. And actually, the percentage of contamination has improved. Um, the level three years ago was 45%, so that was super high, and now it's around 26%. So um, we also want to say thank you to the residents for listening and putting the correct items in your um, trash cart. I know we started the auditing program um, a little while back, but I think that's also helped in making residents aware of what's accepted in their cart and what isn't. But, um, yeah, that should help everybody's questions on yeah, those are good questions. Yeah. Good questions. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to FYI Stillwater. And uh, tune in next. Wait, tune in for our next podcast. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org. And in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast.